everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. The Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday every two weeks. For this episode, we have three segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, and questions. So uh, hopefully going to be a bit of a shorter episode. I know I said that last time, but um, the goal is to have this one be a bit shorter because I have a lot of stuff to do with school. It is it is uh, final season for school, so I, I, I still want to push out um, an episode of the podcast. I definitely didn't want to, uh, you know, record it next week or, you know, just really push it back because I like being consistent with the podcast, but um hoping this can maybe be a bit shorter so that um, it doesn't take away too much time, like especially editing. Um, you know, recording the podcast is always fun. Like if I go for like an, like an hour, or like an hour and a half, like I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's the editing part that can be uh, really taxing. <laughs> but anyway, um, hopefully a bit of a shorter show. We'll, we'll see how that goes. If this can be, like, shorter than 40 minutes, I'll be happy, but, you know, we'll see, because there is a lot of news. Um, but before we get started, uh, five-star reviews, if you would like to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And also, um, so Spotify Wrapped uh, was a thing this week. <laughs> Everyone's sort of stats of, like, the music they've been listening to and the podcast they've been listening to uh, have come about, and I just want to say thank you. There was a few people that, like, tagged me in their Spotify rat because Luna's Galaxy was in there, um, so thank you so much for listening. It genuinely means a lot to me, whether I was your number one podcast or number three or number five, like, just, like, I don't know. I think it just makes me happy to know that people <laughs> listen to the podcast, which obviously I know. I, like, I got, I get the statistics and stuff, like, I know, but, um, you know, it's, like, people listen to this every two weeks, like, not just every now and then, like, you listen to it enough for it to be in your Spotify wrapped, like, I don't know, it makes me very happy, so thank you to everyone that, like, tagged me in that, and if Luna's Galaxy did show up for you in your wrapped, and you didn't tag me in it, uh, please, please let me know, it makes me very happy, so thank you so much. <laughs> Um, also, I will be co-streaming the Game Awards on December 9th, so I haven't been streaming much lately, uh, because of school. Hoping to stream a bit more, um, once I am on my, sort of, winter break, but I do plan on streaming, uh, December 9th for the Game Awards, so I believe the pre-show starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, um, I think it's, like, 8.30 my time, um, so yeah, so like 8.30 to, I'm guessing midnight my time, so probably 11 p.m. Eastern. I, I'm, I'm kind of bad with time zones, but anyway, um, I am going to be streaming the Game Awards. I'm very excited. I am registered as an official co-streamer, and hopefully uh, Jeff Keighley was giving away these like co-streamer badges, and I signed up to get one, and it is being shipped to me, so I'm just hoping that it comes in on time, because it, I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of it and to get free shit, <laughs> so uh, I'm very excited for that. So if you are going to be watching the Game Awards, I'm sure a lot of you are, feel free to drop by, um, like, in my Twitch channel, um, Emmy Luna Games. We're going to be watching it reacting live together, so... <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. I, I find I have a lot of fun um, with these sort of events. Even, like, uh, one of the last ones that I streamed was Gamescom Opening Night Live, and it was long, and there were some things that weren't really for me, but I just had so much fun, like, talking to you guys and hearing your guys' reactions and, 
it was just, it was really fun. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. I love the Game Awards every year. And this is my first time actually streaming them, because uh, I just started streaming in January. And so this is my first time streaming the Game Awards, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into the actual show, shall we? I, I went on longer than I intended to, as usual. So let's talk about some gaming news. So first off, uh, PlayStation is facing a gender discrimination lawsuit. And I really just want to put this here as a reminder that a lot of these things that have been coming out about, like, Activision Blizzard specifically, are happening in other uh, companies and in other, in not industries, but in other companies and other developers as well. It is not exclusive at all to Activision Blizzard. And while, um, at least to my knowledge, um, this PlayStation one is not sort of on the same level of, um, I don't know if intensity is the right word or amount of it happening. Um, I'm not sure if it's quite, I mean, it is comparable, but like, I'm not sure how similar it is. But this does happen in a lot of places, and I would assume it happens in almost every company, and we just don't hear about it for the most part. Um, but like, I know there's also been stuff about Ubisoft and Riot Games, and it's, it's not exclusive to Activision. And I know, obviously, the focus right now is on Activision Blizzard, but I think it's important to remember that this is an industry-wide issue, and I don't really know if any company is exempt from this. So I think moving forward, that's just something that we have to be mindful, and we have to demand better things, not just from Activision Blizzard, but from these other companies as well. And that was that was what I wanted to talk about there. Because <laughs> um, I don't think there's an, uh, much information out about this lawsuit as well, like in comparison to the other ones, but I did think it was worth bringing up. Um, so next, uh, Square Enix has stated that Neo The World Ends With You has underperformed the company's initial expectations, and I, <laughs> um, I kind of talked about this last podcast where I was like, I don't think anyone really played Neo The World Ends With You, like some people think, because, you know, they're just sort of involved in, like, the Twitter community or the fandom or whatever, and it seems like a lot of people have played it, and why I didn't get, um, nominated at the Game Awards, I was like, I genuinely don't think many people played this game, and I, I guess I was right. And I, I mean, to be fair, we need like an asterisk there because I feel like Square Enix always has these like these huge expectations for pretty much all of their games that are I don't I don't know if unrealistic is the right word, but they are very hard to achieve. Like I think the expectation that they had for like Avengers and I think like one of the Tomb Raider games, you know, those games sold pretty well but they weren't at, like, the astronomical amount that Square Enix wanted. And so, like, I think it's important to keep in mind this is Square Enix and that they have definitely um, had really high expectations in the past. But, um, yeah, this was not surprising at all to me. I don't think this game got many people to play it. And a lot of people, when this came out on Twitter, were talking about how um, they feel like this is part of the marketing in the game, and I completely agree. Like, when I started thinking in the past, and I don't think I really, I don't think I really talked about this um, last episode when I was talking about Neo The World Ends With You, so I think it's important to talk about it here, but there was not much marketing for this game. Um, if you think of the E3 right before, I think it was like a month before um, Neo came out, there was like nothing shown. I think there might have been like a teaser or something. There was not much shown at that E3 uh, presentation, even though it was like their closest like upcoming game. Um, they showed off, like, 15 minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, a lot of other things, but they didn't show off Neo The World Ends With You. 
and there was just not much marketing about this game. So I do think it's important to like point that out. <laughs> but um, kind of like how I said earlier, I, I also think, I don't know if it would have saved the game. I think more marketing would have helped. I still don't know if it would have hit Square Enix's expectations because of how Square Enix is and also the nature of it being a sequel. But yeah, like a sequel to an already really niche game. But yeah, I, I, I was not surprised about this at all when it came out. I think it came out like the day that the last episode was published and I was kind of like, fuck. <laughs> this would have been a good thing to talk about when I was talking about uh, the Game Awards, but whatever. So next up, I the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative box art has been revealed. Um, this, when did this happen? Not, not too long ago, obviously, because, yeah, but, um, there's a lot to take in, so if you haven't seen it already, um, it, it's kind of hard to describe. It's kind of similar to the first I, the Somnium Files box art, because there's, like, a few main characters in color, kind of, like, near the middle slash top of the box art, and then at the bottom, there's a lot of characters kind of, like, in gray, like, you can't tell what their color scheme is. Uh, sort of the more minor characters in the game, but um, there's a lot going on here. So obviously we have Mizuki, uh, she is, you know, in color, she's on the box art, whatever, Aiba, obviously, um, and then we have what looks to be a second Aiba. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if evil Aiba is the right word, but is she she's kind of a baddie, I'm very interested to see sort of what's going on here. <laughs> and there's also a male character um, that looks kind of similar to a character in the first game. Um, I don't want to go in details on some of my theories about uh, what we've seen in the box art because it is kind of spoilery for the first game. But a very interesting younger male character also seems to be one of the main characters in this game that we've not heard about so far until the box art. So I don't know what's going on. Um, but as for, like, a lot of the characters that are in, um, sort of the grayed out section on the bottom, there aren't, it doesn't look like there's many characters that were in the first Eye of the Somnium Files, which I thought was very surprising. Um, you know, I thought for sure we're gonna see, like, Iris, Oda, Date, like, there's a lot of characters in the first Eye of the Somnium Files that I thought could be coming back, and at least to my knowledge, <laughs> um, at least some of them aren't, and it is kind of hard to tell because you can't see... Um, the color scheme for the characters that are sort of grayed out on the bottom. So it's like one of these characters could be Iris, but obviously we don't know because you can't see whether uh, the female character has like pink hair or not. And, you know, it is obviously a few years later, like Mizuki is no longer 12. She is like, I'm guessing like 16 or 18-ish in this game. Um, so it is a few years later. So obviously characters' looks are also going to change. So it's very hard to tell like, what characters were in the first game and what characters are completely new. At least sort of my perception of it is that most of the characters are brand new, um, but there are some that are kind of ambiguous. So there's like um, one that seems to have some sort of like, mount of mask is the right word, but like something on his head. Like he almost kind of looks like a bear, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't have the picture up right now. But like there's a lot of really weird character designs as well. <laughs> Like, you just have to look at it and you'll automatically know what I'm talking about. There's one dude that looks like, like he's just like a blockhead or something. Like, a character straight at a shovel forge. I don't know. Um, but I've also kind of been talking with some people in the community about theories that they might have. And it's been very interesting to discuss. Um, I'm not going to talk about them here because they are, like, very spoilery for the first game. But I am very intrigued to see, like, 
like what this is going to be because like I didn't think there would be that many new characters and it seems like almost the entire cast is new characters. So I'm I really want to see more of this game. I really want like a trailer. <laughs> um, I know we'll get into this later, but like. Can we get an Eye of the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative trailer at the Game Awards, please? <laughs> I would really like that. I, I would be very happy. Um, will it happen? Probably not. Um, I think, at least in recent memory, the only thing I can recall that Spike Chunsoft has ever promoted, like, anywhere at any event has been uh, Danganronpa at, like, the Nintendo Direct. But, I like, oh my god, I really hope we get a new trailer. I, like, even if it's not the Game Awards, I really want to see more of I, The Sound and Falls Nirvana Initiative, because I'm so fucking intrigued. <laughs> I'm so excited! But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about more about I, The Sound and Falls Nirvana Initiative in the future. Um, so next up, we have Spike Chunsoft. More Spike Chunsoft news. Um, so Spike Chunsoft and 2Q Games, I don't know if I'm saying that right, by the way. I always say, like, 2Q that's kind of like how it's typed. I don't know if it's supposed to be Tokyo, but I always say it's Tokyo. Um, anyway, uh, so Tokyo Games unveil new project, um, Enigma Archives Rain Code. And this game is developed by the Danganronpa team um, and is described as a new dark fantasy mystery game. And they showed off a kind of like teaser trailer, I guess is what you would call it, on Twitter of the game. And I was like alarmed because <laughs> first off, this was like... I don't know if it was, like, the day after or, like, a few days after they'd revealed the Insomnium Files Nirvana Initiative box art, and then they're like, here's this new game, and I'm like, what is happening? Like, Spike Chunsoft is spoiling us lately, and I'm kind of hoping that the trend continues because I want to see more. And, like, actually, Danganronpa, uh, the collection on the Switch just came out yesterday as the time I'm recording this. So, like, Spike Chunsoft is really spoiling people lately, and I'm very curious. Like, please keep doing it. Please give me the Nonary Games on Switch. Um, uh, please show me more of Eyes of Files. But anyway, so it's... I, like... I watched the trailer, and I'm not sure what to think about it, because it doesn't really um, tell you anything, like, story-wise. And, you know, at, at least for me, Spike Chunsoft Games, the big thing is the story. And there isn't much to gather from the trailer. Like, I don't think there's any, like, voice acting... There's no sort of, there's no indication of, like, what's going on other than just what you're seeing. But as I said before, this is by the Danganronpa team, and it is very, very obvious. So, obviously, you have Kodaka, but also um, the composer, Mas Masafumi Takada. Um, his music, I, I said his, I'm assuming he's a he, I don't know. But um, Mas Masafumi Takada's music, whoever you are. Um, <laughs> maybe I should look into these things beforehand. But um, their music is fantastic. That was one of the first things that I noticed in the trailer. It is so, like, you can tell this is the same composer that did Danganronpa. It has that same sort of, like, I don't even know how to describe the feeling of it, but it is, it is very Danganronpa, and it really stood out to me. It sounds great, uh, the song that we heard in the trailer. I really loved it. <laughs> also, the art style is very clearly by uh, whoever did uh, the art in the Danganronpa games. So I'm very intrigued. Like, I, like, it's hard to say if I'm excited for it or not yet because we don't know anything about it. Um, I definitely want to know more about it. That's that's kind of where I stand right now. I want to see more of this game. I want to know more about the premise of it, like, what's going on. You know, will it be a day one uh, purchase for me? I don't know. Um, I also don't think they said anything about when it's going to be coming out. Um, if it was, like, 2022, 2023, um, they could have said that, but I don't, I don't think it was in the trailer, at least. 
So yeah, really curious just to see more of what's going on here. But pretty cool. Pretty cool. I just, I find it kind of funny. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, 2Q Games was when Uchikoshi, who is obviously the director of, you know, Zero Escape, Isomnia Files, wonderful person, um, love him, <laughs> love his work. Um, so Uchikoshi and Kodaka, who is, you know, the director of Danganronpa series, uh, they left Spike Chunsoft and they formed this 2Q Games um, to kind of like do their own thing. But now we see that they're both still working with Spike Chunsoft a lot. So I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. You know, Spike Chunsoft is working with 2Q Games. And um, I don't know if 2Q Games is doing Isomnia Files Nirvana Initiative. But it is still like, it's Uchikoshi and it's that team. So I'm like, <laughs> anyway, I, I just think it's funny. Like, why did you leave? <laughs> why did you leave to form your own thing if you're not... Because as of now, at least to my knowledge, and I think, I actually, I might be wrong about this, um, I think World End Club is really the only thing that they've done um, outside of Spike Chunsoft. I think there might be one other thing as well, but I just think it's funny um, that they're still, like, really partnering with Spike Chunsoft. Even for, you know, I always thought that, you know, if Uchi ever wanted to go back to, like, Zero Escape, obviously he would have to partner with Spike Chunsoft in some way. Same with if Kodaka ever wanted to make another Danganronpa game. But, you know, to see them working on a new IP, I think, is really interesting because, you know, they, they don't need to, at least to my knowledge. I don't know exactly how this works, but I'm just, I'm just fucking talking. <laughs> and with that, I think we should move on. So, Take-Two, so uh, the company Take-Two has sent a trademark claim to Hazelight because of It Takes Two, forcing Hazelight to abandon any ownership of the game's name. I didn't look into the, detail, the details of this much, but, like, Take-Two and It Takes Two are very uh, different things, and, like, sure, they sound kind of similar, but not to the point where I would send a trademark claim, just, like, personally speaking. <laughs> like, this seems a bit dramatic, and I think what makes it even worse is that it's happening like, after the game has already released. Like, if you were going to send a trademark claim, wouldn't it be, like, before the game released? So then, like, you know, maybe they would have time to change the fucking title of the game. Or just, like, avoid whatever is going to come out of this. And, like, I don't know if anything's going to come out of this, because at least to me it sounds just, like, so fucking stupid. <laughs> um... But yeah, um, I, I'm curious to see what uh, Joseph Farr's watch say about this. Hopefully, maybe he'll say something at the Game Awards. I know some people on Twitter have been like, this is his moment to shine, baby. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but anyway, just some really stupid shit. Like, grow up, take two. Fucking grow up. And next, so this is a very interesting story. So Sony is planning a new subscription service codenamed Spartacus to take on Xbox Game Pass. It's being pitched as a three-tier service that will merge PlayStation Now with PlayStation Plus. Highest tier could include PS1, PS2, and PSP games. This is a lot. So obviously right now, at least to my knowledge, this is just a rumor, but it is coming out of like very reputable sources. Um, obviously has not been officially announced yet, but um, this... I'm very intrigued, um, because obviously I think a lot of us know how successful the Game Pass has been, 
And I'm sure a lot of us are also familiar with like PlayStation Plus, maybe less so with PlayStation Now because it's uh, meh. Um, <laughs> meh. Um, but I think this could really be a move in the right direction. And, you know, as someone that really uses my PlayStation, that is sort of my main uh, console, um, I think this is a big deal. <laughs> um, this could be huge. Um, one thing I am a bit concerned about is the pricing. Um, especially with what recently happened with the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack thing, where obviously a lot of people were really excited for that when it got announced because we've been wanting N64 games on the platform and, you know, integrated into this service, but then they charged way too much for it. And so now a lot of people, including myself, don't have it because they don't think it's worth it. So that is one thing that kind of concerns me is if this will be overpriced but I, I, it's hard to tell. We definitely need to sort of wait and see what happens with this one. But the idea of it, I think, is very exciting. I think one thing that would really mean a lot is if it's not, uh, you know, streaming and cloud-based. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It definitely can work for some people. But I think that should be an option and not the only thing. And I don't... I think PlayStation Now does allow you to download a lot of the games... Um, but there is also a lot of ones that, um, you have to stream that are just, like, cloud-based. And I would personally really like to download them, because I have a funny feeling that, um, my internet would not be at that level <laughs> of, uh, streaming a game and having it be, like, very responsive and just, uh, playable. <laughs> um, so definitely hoping that that is a part of it. But, like, if this... If this is real, and if this is fairly priced, if they are offering enough, I can definitely see myself getting the highest tier um, to play, like, PS1, PS2, PSP games. They don't mention PS3 here, uh, and, like, Vita, but, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. I think a lot of people more so want to go back to PS1 and PS2, so maybe that's why they're focusing on that. I don't know. But, um, this could be huge. I, like, I kind of, I wonder what they'll call it. <laughs> Because obviously this codename Spartacus is probably not what's going to be called. <laughs> I really fucking hope not. It, it definitely won't be that. That would be embarrassing. Because it's merging PlayStation Now with PlayStation Plus. Which I think a lot a lot of people have been talking about this for a while now. I think that is a great move. Because I don't think enough people really are incentivized to get PlayStation Now. But it just... There's a lot. There, there's a lot. I'm really looking forward to hopefully hearing more about this in like an official <laughs> an official announcement but um this is very exciting you know I always want to go back to older games I missed out on a lot <laughs> because I was a kid when a lot of games came out and so I think this could be very exciting especially if I don't have to pay for that obviously you are paying within the service <laughs> but you know it's like how a lot of people will say like oh it's free with Xbox Game Pass and it's like well you are paying the subscription but yeah like it is like kind of free in a way Anyway, it's mental gymnastics, but it makes people feel better about how they spend their money. And I, yeah, I think this could definitely be worth it. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it. So next up, uh, Kotaku released an article yesterday, um, as the time I'm recording this, saying, and with the headline, that the Game Awards won't take sides on Activision's Fallout to focus on reveals. And I, I do want to point out that I think the title of the article is a bit misleading. From what I recall uh, reading the article, Jeff does not explicitly say that. 
So what Jeff actually says here is he supported people coming forward with their stories, but also didn't want to diminish developers' opportunities to spotlight their games. Um, and they also have here, uh, and this is quotes, um, we have to think very carefully about how to proceed here, he said in the interview. So, like, he never explicitly states that he wasn't taking sides. I do think they did put words in his mouth to a certain degree, um, but I also do think that it would have been a lot more beneficial <laughs> in general for Jeff to take a more sort of definitive stance. Like, I'm not, I don't want to excuse what Jeff said. I don't want to come off like I am sort of defending him or that I'm not taking sides in this. But I do think that the Kotaku article was a bit misleading, um, at least in how they phrased the headline of it, which obviously got a lot of popularity, a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. And I do think it's very important that we talk about this, and as a lot of people have um, brought up, you know, Jeff was very quick to take sides when it came to, you know, Konami and Kojima, and standing up for Kojima, and it's, it's a lot, it really is, and I don't know, it's, you know, as someone that has looked up to Jeff Keighley for, you know, many years, um, you know, respected him, I've always loved the Game Awards, as I'm sure a lot of you know, um, last year I was part of the Game Awards Zoom calls, which were a lot of fun. I found a lot of friends that way. Um, I'm an official co-streamer this year. But, like, I have always looked up to him, but I also want to hold him accountable when I feel like he says something or does something that doesn't align with my values. And, like, I'm not going to hesitate to do that. But I also do, like, it's, uh, it's... I feel like it's kind of hard to talk about. <laughs> um, also, a lot of people have pointed out that um, I think it's the president of Activision is on the advisory board for the Game Awards. And what I will say about that is that, and I, like, I, I feel like I don't know anything, <laughs> but um, I feel like that is sort of more difficult than a lot of people might think it is. Like the process of, you know, getting someone off of an advisory board, just from what I have heard, it is, it's a lot more difficult than Jeff just being like, you gotta go. So there is that. I feel like it, it really goes to show how ingrained that this is in the games industry. Kind of like how I was talking about earlier with the stuff coming out about PlayStation, that's not just Activision Blizzard. And there's these sort of systemic and structural issues that are just shitty. <laughs> However, um, a few, I think it was a few hours after all this had come out, I, I didn't see it until the morning because I went to sleep, um, but Jeff tweeted out uh, a series of tweets, which I'm going to read here, and he says, beyond its nominations, I can confirm that Activision Blizzard will not be part of this year's Game Awards. The Game Awards is a time of celebration for this industry, the biggest form of entertainment in the world. There's no place for abuse, harassment, or predatory practices in any company or any community. So, obviously some people are going to say that, um, you know, Jeff is only saying this because of all this stuff that came out and all the backlash. And I, like, I don't think that's completely wrong. <laughs> I, and, you know, it's hard to tell. But I will go back to the article and say that Jeff never explicitly said that he wasn't taking sides. And so truly, like, my opinion on the matter, even before Jeff kind of made this statement, was that I'm going to watch the Game Awards, I'm going to see what happens, and then I'm going to make a judgment about it, um, because you really don't know until it's happening. So, 
there's that. <laughs> but uh, Jeff has taken a stance now on Twitter after all of this has come out um, and saying that Activision Blizzard will not be part of this year's Game Awards and, you know, that he is taking a stand against it. Like I said, will we actually see this talked about the Game Awards? I don't know. I hope it is. I think when you have the amount of power in the industry that Jeff does, you need to use your platform to speak up about shit. And I think the Game Awards is a fantastic opportunity to do so. Um, I think one thing that could definitely be limiting in that way is if you do have Activision on the advisory board and it can be very difficult to sort of adjust um, those things. But I'm definitely going to be watching the Game Awards. Like I said, I'm going to be co-streaming. And I'm very curi curious to see what happens. You know, is Jeff going to say anything? Is anyone else going to say anything? Because I, I do think it's very important to talk about this. And yeah, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, this year in gaming, <laughs> um, the Activision Blizzard stuff has been going on this entire year. And I think it would be very um, not great <laughs> if we just decided to ignore it and not sort of stand up for these developers that are like getting these awards and being nominated for these awards and to say, you know, we don't appreciate you just for the games that you make, but we also appreciate you as human beings and we respect you and you deserve not to be harassed at work. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's, that's just my thoughts on it. And I feel like I'm still sort of coming to terms with my thoughts on it as well because like I said I feel like I am in a weird position where I have looked up to Jeff Keighley for a while I've been very excited for the game awards for a while um and obviously I have also been following this Activision Blizzard stuff that's been going on and I, I don't know for me at least it's been a lot to take in and a lot to sort of process so I wouldn't be surprised if my thoughts on this sort of change over the next few days but um yeah, that's just some of my initial thoughts. I know that was, like, very, very messy and probably, like, what the fuck are you talking about half the time? Because I feel like I have to not do a good job of, like, explaining my thoughts there at all. But, um, j just keeping y'all updated and giving some of my thoughts. But, anyway, like, I feel like I have more to say about it. <laughs> but I don't know how to correctly phrase my thoughts. So, I'm just gonna refrain for now. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about what I've been playing. So I finished Hotel Desk, uh, Room 215. Um, I talked about this a bit last podcast. I had been, I was mostly through the game. I was on chapter seven, I think. And I finished the game. There's 10 chapters overall. And I really loved this game. I think when I finished it was when I really realized how much I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Because, you know, the whole premise of this game is that it's literally, the time span is you're one night at a hotel you check in at, like, 5 o'clock or, you know, I don't remember what time it was, but, like, you check into your hotel, like, 4 or 5 o'clock, and you kind of, you talk to people when you're there, you explore, you do whatever, and then you check out in the morning, and it feels like a lot to take in for, like, that amount of time, and I think that's one of the really cool things about the game that I didn't appreciate until I finished it, you know, you really get to know these characters and their quirks and who they are. Like I said earlier, uh, in last podcast, I really loved Louie and Rosa and, you know, a few of the other characters as well. And it feels like you really get to know them in such a short amount of time and they feel very real. Um, like, I feel like a lot of them remind me of people that I know or just they talk in these ways that are very, like, the dialogue is written in a way where I'm like, this sounds like, like, the patterns that they have. Someone could actually talk like this or, 
you know, the way that other sprites are animated, I think uh, Martin Summers one especially where I'm like, how do they, like, how does this look? He looks so, like, such a real person. Like, just his mannerisms and stuff. It's very cool. And you really get to know these characters. And then you check out in the morning and you never see them again. Like, that's what really gets me. Um, anyway, it, it was a lot. <laughs> but um, the mystery in this game, I really liked. I really liked how it played out. Um, a lot of things come together in a way where it's like, whoa. <laughs> and, you know, there are some things that aren't really entirely resolved. There are some people where we still don't know at the end of the game sort of what happened. And I guess that's just the reality of life. Um, you know, you find some stuff out, you don't know some stuff, and then you gotta say goodbye to some people that you really connected with in a short amount of time. But I really, I really like that game. I'd recommend it if you have a DS. If you can get the DS version of the game for... A decent price. Um, I think it's definitely worth checking out. It's very unique <laughs> and I really loved it. Also, I really like listening to the soundtrack. That's been my new thing now. Since I finished the game, I'll like go back and listen to the soundtrack. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I love this. Like, I'll remember certain parts of the game. But anyway, that's my new thing to do when I'm like working on schoolwork. I really want to play the sequel Last Window, but when I looked on eBay for copies of it, um, it's like over $150 Canadian. Um, so I don't think I will be purchasing it anytime soon. Um, I might try and emulate it. But yeah, and apparently that's better than the first one, at least from what I've heard from some people. So I do want to play it eventually, but yeah, I, I really recommend Hotel Dusk if it sounds interesting to you. Definitely look into it. And the next game I've been playing is Tales of Rise. So I actually won this game in a giveaway. Uh, I run a code for it. I think it's actually like the ultimate edition. So I have like a bunch of like costumes and shit, which is very exciting as well. <laughs> um, but I started playing this, I want to say about a week ago. And I'm really enjoying it. Uh, this is one of the first game, even not the first, uh, it's not the first game, but it's one of the only games that I've played that's actually come out this year. Um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I think the two main characters, Alfin and Xion, are fantastic. I really like their dynamic. I really like them. Um, I love Ray Chase's voice acting for Alfin. I think, like, going into the game, I didn't think I was going to like him because I was like, he just looks kind of like a generic protagonist. And, like, he kind of is to a degree. But I think Ray Chase's voice acting for him kind of takes him to the next level where I'm like, oh, like, I, I really like you. And I didn't think that I would because I thought you would be boring. <laughs> But I really, I really like uh, Alfen, and I, I really love Ray Chase's voice acting. I think that plays a big role in it. So as for whereabouts I am in the game, I just finished uh, Cislodem, which is sort of the second big area in the game. So you start off um, in Calaglia, and that area is kind of like your fire desert, maybe not desert, but you know, a fiery type level. And then the one that you go right after that is, you know, your ice level, your snow level. Like, it was, it's a very interesting contrast to start the game off with, um, but I thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at my notes here, and I was, when I was playing the game uh, pretty recently, I was very alarmed because there's this character named Law, and he's fine, I guess, but, like, I don't know. Do you ever, like hear a character's voice you know who the voice actor is and it immediately throws you off because that's how I am every time that I hear Bryce Pappenbrook like I I know it's him immediately and Bryce Pappenbrook I'm so sorry but I'm not the biggest fan of your voice um your voice acting is like fine like your acting is fine but I your voice is kind of irritating 
I think that he's great as, like, Nayagi in Danganronpa. Kind of annoying, but, like, I think he's great. I think he's great as, like, Komaida. Komaida's probably my favorite role that Bryce Pappenbrook has done. I think he does it fantastic. It suits him. Um, same with, like, Adrian and Miraculous Ladybug. If any of y'all have watched Miraculous Ladybug, he sounds great there, but... <laughs> Oh, and I feel like almost every other form of media that I hear Bryce Pappenbrook in, I'm like, oh God. Because he does, I don't know if it's like the same voice every time, but it's a very similar voice every time. You know it right away. And there's just something about it that makes me angry. So yeah, um, Laws voiced by Bryce Pappenbrook. And immediately I was like, oh God, I hope this character doesn't stick around. Like, I hope this is... <laughs> I hope he's just here for this one arc in the story, but then he joined the party, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, oh no, now I have to deal with this throughout the entire game. I'm so sorry, Bryce Pappenbrook. I don't know what it is. Like, does anyone else have a voice actor like that where, like, there's nothing wrong with them, but there's just something about their voice where you're like, please stop. <laughs> like I said, I think he's fantastic in some of his other roles, but, like, in general, I hear his voice, and I'm like, mm. But anyway... Uh, the story so far <laughs> is pretty intriguing. I'm pretty interested in seeing where it goes. I'm definitely going to keep playing. Uh, the gameplay is really fun. Um, the exploration is fun. I really like the environments in this game. I've also been doing some side quests. And the music is really good. I think that's one thing that kind of stood out to me as I'm playing it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm hoping to finish it. Um, I'll definitely finish it. But uh, hopefully kind of soon. <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying it. So, for this episode's question, uh, I have, what are some announcements um, that you'd love to see at the Game Awards on December 9th? And I have here, it can be a new game announcement, new trailers for existing games, etc., etc. Um, so, that's my question for y'all. Um, so, Tolizu says, I mean, if Keely doesn't announce a random Kojima game, is it really a Game Awards? Uh, new Zone of the Enders confirmed. And yeah, I we could definitely see something Kojima here. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. You know, whether it's a new game, uh, I don't know. But, like, I don't think there's anything more Death Stranding they can show off, so I'm assuming it would be a new game. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, 100% that that would happen, just because, like, have they had time to work on anything? I don't know. But, yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all if there is a Kojima announcement somewhere in there. And even if there's not an announcement, I think that he will definitely have a cameo. Whether he's, like, presenting an award or just anything. I think Kojima will definitely be there. <laughs> and then Adam says, realistic, would like to see the rumored Metroid Prime remaster. Also realistic, maybe, I2 trailer, so big audience can see it. I completely agree. I saw New Files Nirvana Initiative. Please give me a trailer at the Game Awards. I would, I'd like, I said this in the Discord, like, if we get anything Team Zero Escape shown off, I will sob live on stream. <laughs> um, and then unrealistic, Metroid Prime 4, Nonary games on Switch. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Nonary games on Switch, unfortunately. Um, but, God, if it did happen, oh, the waterworks that I would be having on stream. And then Kriti Kazam says, always rooting for a new Kid Icarus, despite the fact that's a 0% chance. Um, I feel like a Kirby Air Ride City Trial Battle Royale is more likely than that. It's also at a nice 0%. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a glimpse of Nirvana, Nirvana Initiative. Maybe a Persona 6 tease for the anniversary. That is very interesting. I definitely think we could see something Persona here. Um, you know, given that we've seen Joker and Smash here, which might be more of a Nintendo than Atlas thing, but I definitely think we could see something Persona here because as far as I know, there hasn't really been any big announcements um, since we have sort of entered that uh, 
the anniversary year. So they got to announce something at some point. So I definitely think we could see something Persona. Whether or not it will be a Persona 6 tease, I don't, I'm not sure of. But I think, I would be very excited if we saw anything Persona. Um, I, maybe, maybe not that. If it was, if it was Persona 5. <laughs> if it's anything Persona 5 related, I don't know how excited I'll be. But like, if it's Persona 4, Persona 3... Uh, just anything that's in Persona 5. I'm sorry, I liked, I liked Persona 5. I think I just got burnt out on it. But, anyway, I think we could see something Persona. That would be very exciting. Um, <laughs> and I have my notes here. Uh, me and Cordy also discussed in the Discord Danganron before getting announced, which, God, uh, I don't, I don't know how that would go. <laughs> uh, I think Cordy said something about uh, like, you know, sort of, like, how when they did the Joker reveal that, like, the lights turned black, and, like, imagine if that happened, but then you just hear, like, the Monokuma voice being, like, a body has been discovered. Like, could you fucking imagine? Oh, my God. I, I, mm, that would be something. And then I added on to it, and I said, what if Jeff Keighley was in Danganronpa? What if he was, like, the ultimate host or some shit? <laughs> Which, like, I don't know. Something about that seems like it could happen. Like, I feel like, Jeff Keighley is in a lot of games. Like, he was in Among Us and, like, Death Stranding. Like, Danganronpa. Like, it could happen. <laughs> um, and then uh, they also said, oh, wait, maybe realistic-ish, uh, Ace 27. <laughs> I, I think Jeff Keighley should be in Danganronpa 4 if it ever happens. Um, and then Falsey has, honestly, if they tell me there's a new Super Nintendo coming out, I'd be happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then Mila has a Dragon Quest X offline localization announcement. Um, yeah, I don't know much about Dragon Quest X, but that definitely sounds like something that would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, and Gilbert says, I would like Metroid Prime 4 uh, would be available in realistic or new cool game. And then for unrealistic, he has improved Nintendo Switch Online. Definitely very unrealistic. <laughs> um, Zone of the Enders 3 or MGS collection for new consoles. I would be down for an MGS collection for new consoles because I've never played the Metal Gear Solid games, but I've heard a lot of good things about them. So I would definitely be down for that to sort of get into them. Konami, if you're listening. Um, and then Jay says, this is a tough one since I'm awful at following new releases. Let's say a new Horizon Forbidden West trailer. That sounds like it could happen. Uh, and then my long my long shot bigger than E3 announcements, uh, Bloodborne 2 and Final Fantasy 16 slash Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. A guy can dream, right? Honestly, like, I know that sounds like you're asking for a lot, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Like, I think we could see Final Fantasy 16. I'm not getting my hopes up for literally anything. Um, or Final Fantasy 7 uh, Remake Part 2. Like, I think both of those... Like, they have to be shown off at some point, right? <laughs> and with the amount of people that watch the Game Awards, I think uh, showing it to a bigger audience could definitely benefit those two games. As for, like, Bloodborne 2, like, if that is a real thing, <laughs> um, I think this would be a great place to show it off. So, like, I know it sounds like a long shot, but, like, I don't know. I don't think you're, like, completely off base. <laughs> Um, and then Moe says, I'm going to go crazy here. Uh, Bobby Kotick resigning. That, that would be nice. I don't know if we'll see that. But I, like I kind of said earlier, I do think there will be some discussion during the Game Awards, whether it's from Jeff or other people that are like presenting or accepting awards. I do think there is going to be some conversation about the current state of the games industry, uh, whether that means directly calling out people like Bobby Kotick and, you know, specific companies. I don't know. But I definitely think there's going to be some conversation around it. 
Um, and they also say, uh, Crash 5, Spyro 4. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as I would love that, Jeff has now said that Activision Blizzard won't be at the Game Awards. Um, which I don't know if that's just specifically, like, the Blizzard part of Activision or Activision as a whole. If it is Activision as a whole, then we can't see them, unfortunately. Like, that sucks. Like, I love Crash and Spyro, but I wish it was, uh, another company that had the rights to them. Anyway... Um, <laughs> new Zero Escape game. Man, can you imagine? I'd be so fucking happy. <laughs> um, F-Zero Switch Edition, Persona 6, and Persona 1 3 Remastered. That would be great. Trauma Center Switch. That would also be great, because I want to play that. But it's, like, a lot of money on eBay. Um, Metroid Prime 4 trailer and release date. New Kingdom Hearts game. I think that's it, maybe. I love where your head is at, Mo. Like, I I love this. Like, this is the type of energy that I love to see. Like, if all that stuff happened, I would be so happy. Like, there are some things like Metroid Prime and F-Zero where I'm not too familiar with them. But, like, almost everything else that you said here sounds fantastic. Like, that would be, like, a dream show. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I personally don't think we're going to see anything Kingdom Hearts until uh, the 20th anniversary. But... Who's to say? Like, who fucking knows? Um, dream big. <laughs> and then Lan says 16 anything, which is obviously referring to Final Fantasy 16. And yeah, I, I think we could see it. But like I said, I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really like uh, hearing your guys' suggestions. Not really suggestions, but predictions, I guess, and dreams. <laughs> As for myself, um, I definitely think we could see something in Persona. That wasn't really something I thought of until uh, y'all mentioned it. But um, I think it's I think it could happen. Um, I forgot to put in my notes what my prediction was. Usually I have that section filled out so I don't forget. And right now I'm getting a bit of a blank. I definitely think we see 16 or 7 Remake Part 2. Not holding out hope for it, but I think it's possible. Uh, I think Jeff has said there's going to be a lot of new game announcements. So... I guess it's kind of hard to predict those unless they're already, like, an existing IP. Um, but I'm very, very excited to watch the Game Awards. Like I said, I'm going to be co-streaming it live on December 9th. So come watch it with me if you would like. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then we can look back on our predictions and be like, whoa, we were so wrong. <laughs> or we were so right and we can cry together. But anyway, th- that is it for this episode of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. Um, So thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or recommend it to your friends because I appreciate it. (laughs) More people need to listen to this podcast because it is so good. Like, am I right? (laughs) Anyway, um, I'll be back on Tuesday, December 21st. Wow, that, that, I was typing that out, um, as I was, like, getting my show notes together, and I was like, holy shit, like, December 21st? Like, that's almost Christmas. Whoa. (laughs) Where I'm sure we'll be talking about what happened at the Game Awards. (laughs) And probably some other stuff, so pretty exciting. Uh, But if you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server. Uh, The link is in the description of this episode. You can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch, where I'm at Games. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will see you next time. And hopefully you'll watch the Game Awards with me. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I need friends. Um, anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Bye-bye.